0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Dual Screens podcast. Also, it's October, my favorite time of the month, or the year, I should say, not month. (laughs) Uh, I'm a little giddy today because October means we're doing horror games galore on the podcast. So we're promising four to maybe six weeks straight of horror game coverage on the podcast. And to kick things off, we have a game that looks bananas bonkers crazy and it's out very soon so joining us this week is nath hamley developer of chasing static a ps1 style psychological horror game coming to pc on october 14th nath welcome to the show how's it going man
1: Hey, hey! it's going very well. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Good yeah, thank you. you. Thank you for kicking off our month-long coverage of all things horror and spoopy. Uh, it's Happy a long, to. Happy to,
1: yeah. I think it's Sounds like our, good.
0: our third year doing this, and every time it's like, couldn't every single month be October?
1: <laughs> it's just such a, magical,
0: such a magical time of the year. Now, before we jump into things... Can you believe that Silent Hill 2 just turned 20 years old recently?
1: It's crazy. It's crazy. So, I, I feel old. <laughs> I always feel <laughs> old, but I feel especially old when you hear stuff like that.
0: It's like when you hear that some Nintendo game just turned 35, it's like, oh, okay. It's not not too bad. Whatever. It's okay. But like when PS1 games or PS2 games start approaching the decades old anniversary it's like oh god (laughs) yeah (laughs) time is running out but um yeah Silent Hill that's one of my favorite horror franchises ever and I sorely sorely miss it and seeing your game it just takes me back to that special place of where that franchise first began and actually where a lot of great horror games first began on the PS1 and your game is adopting that graphic style so tell us what is chasing static give us the elevator pitch of this game
1: sure um so yeah chasing static is a slow paced uh, moody psychological horror short story um it's set in wales which is here in the uk um it's a very rainy kind of um quite rural sort of there aren't well i mean wales is huge but like where the game's set is like a remote rural location with a lot of woodland and like a small little sort of welsh village um and some deep dark secrets um Mm -hmm. that you uncover so you play out the game you play as this guy chris who's come back to wales to attend his late father's funeral he had um didn't have the best relationship with his father, so he hadn't spoken to him in a long time. Um, and he heard about, obviously, his father's passing, so he returned for his funeral. And um, on his way home from the funeral, he gets wrapped up in a lot of crazy stuff, kind of somewhat typical horror affair. But um, he ends up getting stuck in this small, like, area of Wales, um, and he's trying to find a way out. and can't, can't find a way, can't leave. His uh, Everything he tries to do to leave prevents him from doing so. Um, And yeah, you uncover sort of some mysterious um, government secrety stuff. Mm. Uh, That's probably about as much as I can give away without spoiling the game, as it's a short game. Uh, Yeah, there's stuff like, we were chatting before the podcast about how the demo ends on like a massive tease, because I (laughs) didn't spoil too much in the demo, but um, yeah, that's the general gist of it.
0: Yeah, and you make no qualms about this is a very short game, maybe a two-hour game experience overall. So yeah. playing like 20 minutes of the game, I've seen like most of it, right, at this point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, you've definitely got a taste for it. So it's So Basically, where the demo ends after that, the game kind of opens up quite a lot right. and you have like some branching choices of which way you want to go. So if I let players continue playing then, then they really would be getting quite a large portion of the game. So I had to stop there, but
0: yeah. And it ends on such a, such a blue balls cock tease moment at the end. Cause just when things are about to get juicy, it's like that the, the abrupt and like,
1: thanks for playing
0: demos <laughs> over guys. Bye.
1: <laughs> Give me your money. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. list, please. Um, but the demo is—it really does set the tone for what the game is gonna be. And one of the one of the moments I was caught off guard with was uh, early on in the the last stop cafe, where Chris sort of stumbles into after being on the, you know on the road for a little bit. And there's this you know sort of a shopkeeper or employee of the cafe, and she's like, "Oh yeah, go." can you make your own coffee and can you <laughs> ch- check the radio and can you fix my lights and i'm like what, what kind of place is this
1: yeah, what, yeah. Is, what is going on it's strange isn't it uh, chris um <laughs> does most of the work himself <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah we won't go too deep into that but it also doubles up as a nice tutorial so you know right i mean that's yeah. like
0: where you get like game mechanics i get it just it's funny how this guy just came out of the rain and is sort of lost and she's just like i'm wiping down these tables can you just go fend for yourself and also be a mechanic and i'm not gonna pay you at all for your help (laughs) but it also it speaks to why i like these kind of games so much it's that sort of uncomfortable awkward like david lynch style exchange between characters it it feels like if i were there i would have said things differently but you still can't look away from the exchange in a way and it's just something unnerving underneath the dialogue yeah it's like what's really going on between these two characters
1: Yeah, we really set out um, with the dialogue, like with how I wrote it and also how I was um, directing the the voice actors for that. It's sort of, I had to tell them to downplay some of the lines a bit because Mm. I wanted that kind of moody, um, sort of uh, a bit melancholic kind of Mm. atmosphere that you get with Lynch. And I think Silent Hill nailed it as well. Mm. That's just sort of, no one's like super excited to talk to each other. Right. But it still sounds, you know, it sounds genuine. It's a bit less like a big movie action hero character, a bit more like just chatting to someone on the phone or something. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there there was some intent there to kind of, because I wanted to make sure we had really good voice actors in it, of course, but um, also, yeah, try and find voice actors that fit that mold that could pull that off. It's just quite happy with in the end.
0: Is the resume like I've watched Twin Peaks like six times? to like like land a role like that.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, so yeah, one of the um, Welsh female voice actors, um, she was in a game called The Cat Lady and um, that had like a similar kind of vibe. It's an old point and click horror game um, from, I don't know, maybe sort of seven or eight years ago now. Um, But yeah, she was great in that and, and like managed to get in contact with her like this far on and she's still doing voice acting um has a bit of a better setup now for recording as well which was nice so yeah um she definitely got the brief and yeah the, the main guy did as well he was great so um I'm eager to
0: jump into the sort of graphic style of the game and the aesthetic but I want to save that for the end um so I kind of want to dive into the core gameplay of chasing static because on the surface you can mistake it for oh it's just a lo-fi walking sim with maybe some jump scares here and there and then it kind of like okay roll credit and it's over but this has what you call sonic exploration can you go into that detail and what is that all about and how does that mechanic work in this game
1: yeah i mean um so to start with it's it's a cool term it's like Mm. It catches people's eye. Um, yeah, I have to admit, it was like I did make a point of like drawing attention to that for marketing purposes because I didn't want people to think it was just another sort of run-of-the-mill um, walking simi horror thing. Which it, I mean, it is to an extent, but yeah, the Sonic Exploration is—you um, get this device in the game which kind of scans radio waves. It has like a directional microphone on it, um, and it's hooked up to this modified. Uh, typical sort of consumer radio and you basically um, explore the environment scanning for echoes of past conversations so as you're exploring these different locations um, like the underground um, abandoned tunnels which are old war world war ii tunnels that have been um, converted into like a storage station for this research facility um, so you, you use this device to scan the areas as you're walking around, and like the closer you are to the origin of a signal, the um, dial on the device increases. And then you sort of see a brief flashback, like a moment in time, sort of frozen, of something that's happened in the past. And that'll help you uncover the truth behind the story for the game, um, but also help you progress through the game and solve the game's puzzles because it has hints to what you need to do next.
0: Right. And you've also. Decided to go for a non-linear um, progression system as well. For
1: yeah, yeah, I sort of stepped um, tiptoed around the world. The word of saying open world because it's mm. obviously open world makes you think of like stuff like The Witcher and GTA, but um, it's essentially sort of three or well, about four large maps, large areas that have puzzles in them um, that you can approach at your own pace, so you can choose which way you want to go. Um, most of the puzzles are self-contained to each area. Um, but you basically have these free tasks that you have to undertake um, when you get to a certain point in the game. And you can choose which one to do first. So you can kind of just explore the area as you, as you like. Um, you get a little reminder if you've gone to an area and you haven't discovered everything in that area. So it will pop up on the screen saying, undiscovered key items are available here. Mm. Um, but yeah, it just allows the player to sort of have a bit more um, like freedom and a bit more choice in what they want to do rather than just being like one linear game that a lot of walking sims are.
0: Right, it reminds me a lot of uh, Visage. I don't know if you've played that one before. It takes it's, place...
1: Um, yeah, it's on my list, to be honest. Oh,
0: that's a good one. It takes place in the house and you can get different keys that unlock specific doors. And it's a similar structure where each room opens its own little vignette of a puzzle and a story and then you can approach them in any order you would like so i kind of like how there's that freedom to move around and it also opens up getting lost which happens in games like that i remember playing the demo and there was a voice that was saying like don't go in the woods and i was like oh i'm going in the woods (laughs) and i will get lost in those damn
1: woods yeah that led to a lot of people just like let's players and stuff like yeah goddamn i'm going to the woods <laughs> you can't stop me
0: why yeah. why limit this cuz you know the game is beautiful and it, it it's oozing atmosphere and knowing that's going to be just 2 hours going in just shatters me completely <laughs> why settle on a short story that only lasts for 2 hours when this could have been a much larger scale project what was the what's the the vision
1: behind so i just come off the back of a long game project my last project guard duty was my first commercial game um it's like a 2d pixel art point and click adventure mm-hmm. um, and that took me forever to finish making because i sort of started it when i was a lot younger i didn't know what i was doing learned a lot along the way and then it was ended up being about four years of seriously working on that like trying to get it out the door and trying to get it shipped um and yeah it was just too big in scope it's sort of a six to eight hour game and took me a long time I'm a solo developer as well so yeah I like to tell stories but um I decided after that that I want to try and tell sort of smaller more intimate stories um And also, yeah, be able to tell more of them. So, like, the really fun bit as a game developer is when you finally get to release it and people get to play it and you get to see reactions. And I think a lot of your learning and um, development as a developer is like watching people play it and learning about things that you did wrong or things that you could improve upon. So, this story could be expanded. And I'm not saying there's not going to be like any kind of expansion to the story after release Mm -hmm. because there's potential there Um, I'd see how the release goes but yeah it's a self contained story and it's shorter than like AAA games and stuff because I think some people just don't have the time for big games as well and it's nice to have Mm -hmm. like options of shorter games Um, and yeah I've been saying it's two hours um, I think a lot of our testers took between sort of three to five hours, but obviously they're trying to test everything, trying to break everything. Um, So it really does depend on like how slow you go through it, whether you want to find all of the sort of hidden secrets and stuff. Um, But just so people aren't disappointed, I've been saying two hours. It might be a bit longer depending on the player.
0: I mean, just for me, like, because I love games that look and adopt this sort of art style, that PS1 lo-fi vibe to it, and I want more of it, which is why it being a shorter game is like, okay, it's like, I want to play more of this game. But the other side of that conversation is you have a very small window of time to make an impact. It's like watching a short one-off Netflix series. that's like six episodes long. It's like, well, how can this resolve in like two episodes? And you know, it's going to go like, like really go off the rails the time it gets towards the end
1: yeah is um yeah i did try and approach it like a film it's sort of like yeah it's sort of influenced by a lot of different films that i like and the sort of pacing of the way films are paced like the hero's journey um i tried to incorporate that into the pacing of the game the best i could um obviously within my means as well like i say solo developer so there's only so much that i can pull off on my own but um yeah, I, I'm happy with the pacing of it. I think it worked out all right.
0: What are some of your key influences for Chasing Static? What film and media are you consuming and looking to when you're putting your little horror gem
1: together? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of I'm I can get pretty heavily influenced by stuff that I watch or play, and I try try to sort of take my mind off of work because when you develop games. You find if you're playing games, they're like influencing your development a bit. So I tried to separate that. But mm. that said, um, film-wise, I think I watched um, Annihilation again, the um, oh, like Netflix original. Um, I, that's probably like most similar in tone to Chasing Static, in regards to you've got this kind of mysterious like dead zone that people go into. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love. Um, Ariesta um I love like Hereditary oh, and Midsummer. Yeah.
0: Midsummer, yeah.
1: They're fantastic. Um and also like films like Us and um yeah, that that series of films. But um I guess yeah, I rewatched Event Horizon and I re rewatched the thing because they're both sort of sci-fi horror y kind of stuff event horizons one of my favorite films ever just because it's, it's kind of like silent hill in space like to mm-hmm. the extremes like mm-hmm. demons and sci-fi brilliant but um, and, yeah and obviously it's influenced by like david Lynchy kind of vibes and the silent hill vibes as well which most horror games are these days but
0: it's funny you mentioned event horizon because i recall not too long ago someone saying on twitter I forget what her name was, which I don't care what her name was because she's dumb. She would say that you can't do horror in space. And I was like, have you seen Event Horizon, lady?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I saw that as well when it cropped up. (laughs) It's a really, really bold thing to say that I don't think many people agreed with. I I think it's like... Oh, sorry, carry
0: on. You don't wake up often and see Event Horizon trending on Twitter.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was a was a pleasure to see it trending, but maybe not for that reason. Yeah, I think like sci-fi horror is harder to pull off because Mm -hmm. there's not as much related. It's not as relatable as something set in like the modern day or setting in ye oldie times. Mm -hmm. They're a bit more grounded. But then, if you've got the right actors and you've got the right sort of writer on board, um, sci-fi horror definitely can work Um, because it is horrors like a tale about humanity really isn't it it's a human tale it's about emotions and how people react to fear and scary stuff so you can set that anywhere you want really it's just um yeah if it's like too grand I think horror stories tend generally fall apart if they try to be mm. too large in scope and too over ambitious but um yeah sci-fi could definitely work
0: yeah I mean like uh, uh, uh the thing could have worked easily in a space backdrop setting yeah it's all about that the loss of trust paranoia among your comrades who's out to get you and that transcends whether you're in a rural any town usa or on a spaceship deep floating through the cosmos
1: yeah definitely yeah yeah it is it's just yeah stories about emotions and uh people how they feel
0: so i do want to jump into my favorite part of this game and that's the look the ps1 graphics because i feel from a young age i was consuming a lot of horror media i had two older cousins who lived above me who every weekend would drag my ass upstairs and made me watch nightmare on elm street and child's play and summer party massacre Nice. At, yeah, at a very tender, impressionable age, and that stuck with me as I got older. That went into playing games like Clock Tower, Silent Hill, Resident Evil, Parasite Eve, all these like amazing horror games. And seeing your game, it just takes me back to that special place when horror was just booming among big AAA game developers and publishers. What is it about this look, this visual style, that's so accessible to horror? And why did you choose it for Chasing Static?
1: Yeah, um, for me, I think horror works best. Um, I'm sure I've said this before in some sort of interview somewhere, but it's like horror is the fear of the unknown. It's like, when things are hard to make out like when you're walking around your house in the dark and you catch a shadow out the corner of your eye and you can't quite make out what it is but the shape freaks you out because it like resembles something human and it moved a bit it's like it hits you um and I think with the kind of lo-fi ps1-ish look um it's harder to make out what is on the screen um and like because it's an intentional look as well you can really sort of push that in with the art style with the lighting and um and it's easier as well for like someone like me who doesn't have a big team of people um it's a lot quicker for me to make like scenes in that style um like I can do higher fidelity artwork um I can do kind of fancy triple a-ish stuff but it just it would take me the same amount of time to make like the cafe and chasing static as it would to make I don't know uh a car for a triple a game like Mm-hmm. It's, it, the scale is like completely different. So, with the PS1 style, not only does it help with the mood and the atmosphere and the horror look, um, it's also like way quicker to do stuff. And I'm more interested in telling stories and making interactive experiences that still look nice um, than I am, you know, just spending months and months on really high fidelity stuff. Um, so, yeah, with Chasing Static, if I want to have something creepy in the distance, um, it's crushed down a bit by the resolution, and there's some noise and there's some grain on there, and the differing that they had on the PS1, we've tried to bring that across in the game as well. So like, colours are sort of banded, and then um, crunched down to like a sort of differed checker pattern, so things blend in better. Uh, yeah, waffling on about technical stuff here, but no, no, yeah, I'm general point is, it. I'm loving yeah. all of it. <laughs> general point is it's a little bit lower fidelity and because of that um, it, it's more spooky I think yeah. anyway, personally
0: it's just it's incredible how much detail you can still squeeze out of these sort of assets at the same time you can hide so much by like just again that crunchy look of things yeah definitely it's like what is that shape that just flew right past me and you can't really quite make it out it's, it's interesting how a pixel art game has a lot of precision. It's all just squares yep. and you get more detail. Then you go into a, a game of today. It's like super high polished ultra deal. You can make out what's happening easily, but there's that nice in between where the PS one graphics live, where it's like, it lends itself so beautifully to a horror game. And I'm surprised that many more, even the AAA space don't try to tackle this, Graphical style more often. Do you think it's is it a turnoff for most gamers? If well, this is like oh, look how old this looks. Like I'm not gonna bother with this, but it could be more effective than your yeah. big budget AAA game that's released today.
1: This, these AAA studios, they just rely on metrics way too mm-hmm. much. They have far too much data that says you know, graphics sell high fidelity sells. Mm-hmm open world sells loads of missions long play time multiplayer all this stuff sells but like it does to your general gaming audience but like we're carving out a niche here and it's a pretty mm-hmm. big niche like oh it is it, yeah. like especially the indie gaming as a whole is becoming way more mainstream like compared to f- even just five years ago like it's more of my friends who generally don't play indie games and historically haven't played indie games they're now fed up with the AAA space and they're now finding all these like niche little indie games that they play Um, and I think that's great and I yeah it it allows us to do weird things with art styles like make it look like a PS1 game and thankfully people are still aware that these like indie games are being made so like they get drawn to it and they think oh that looks a bit like Silent Hill I miss Silent Hill you know Mm -hmm. Give that a go. Why not? It's only $15 or whatever. Right.
0: <laughs> or sometimes even just free, like an itch. Yeah, exactly. I, here's a whole game that you can play. And it's like, I can sit and watch a dev diary for the Dead Space remake and fawn over, like, oh, it's got ray tracing and l- great lighting now. And it's like, it's in 4K. And yes, I love that detail. But like, Having to choose between what is a more impactful horror experience, I would choose a PS1 kind of game any day over that because it just gives you so much more with a lot less.
1: Yeah, I think it's similar to like old horror films being shot on like old, you know, 35mm film or like mm-hmm. watching them on a VHS and stuff. Um, when you've got that kind of grain and that sort of um, dirt that comes through in the image but it's as a result of like a technical limitation of the time it feels a lot more authentic and less like someone trying to do something fancy and failing and more like someone intentionally going for a particular vibe and a particular style um, And yeah I prefer it too. Um, I've been pretty disappointed with the modern horror like games I've yet to play Resident Evil Village um, mm. but the like resi free remake. Uh, mm-hmm. didn't really tick the box for me. I didn't enjoy that much. The RE2 mm-hmm. remake was pretty good, but yeah, it's yeah. something I prefer the retro, I must say. But...
0: Yeah, those are nice to go back to having the older games in the back of your mind. Like, oh, it's nice seeing how they've redone like the RPD stationed in a modern setting with modern assets and graphics and definitely all the bells, yeah. and whistles and you know, Ditto for Dead Space. Or if we ever ever get like a Silent Hill remake at some point, God willing, (laughs) years from now. Yeah. It's, it's, we have the reference point. So it's nice to see it evolve. But if someone asked me, hey, we're going to do a Silent Hill sequel, but it'll look like a PS1 game, like, yeah, do it right now. Like, don't, don't waste any time. And there's something also about your game that feels like, inescapably Silent Hill. And it's in in such a way where it's not trying to copy or imitate. It's just, it's in its DNA, but it's, it's, it's also its own thing. Like when you open that demo, you feel like there's the grain and there's that somber kind of piano medley playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, And it just, it gets you like it's in your bones, that little discomfort and fear. And it's, again, what modern games can't quite get, which is probably why they shy away from big-budget horror games. And you find, again, Resident Evil, Dead Space. You're capitalizing on it's an older property, so it's like, hey, fans, who missed this for so long? It's back again. Go and get it. But we haven't had, like, a big-budget new horror IP Since, like, I would say the Evil Within days, and those didn't sell quite that well either.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, horror was obviously at a peak on PlayStation 2 era. Mm -hmm. Um, So many good horror games on PS2, it's unreal. Like, I still discover horror games on PS2 Mm -hmm. that I just need to play. Um, But yeah, I think it is just, it's been a risky genre for a while. I guess, like, there was that boom of YouTubers constantly playing horror games and making mm-hmm. like reactionary videos to them and a lot of horror was being put out in that point as well um, and I think that's kind of died out and therefore AAA are a bit more um, weary of doing it but I mean Capcom seemed to be doing quite well with the new Resident mm-hmm. Evil entries which is good to see um, Konami well yeah least the set about Konami the better but um, <laughs> but it's it's cool it just means there's space for indies to like Chip in there and yeah, Chasing Static has a Silent Hill vibe. Um, I was a huge, huge Silent Hill fan. Like, I absolutely love every one of the games, even the mm-hmm. Western developed games. They still mm-hmm. have something, they still have a bit of the DNA, and I like that. But um, yeah, so I tried to bring a bit of that across in the game. Not like, like you say, it wasn't necessarily intentional. It's just those games had like peak horror game design for me, they really work. So I'm glad it's good to hear that it comes across.
0: Well, again, as someone that's played these games countless of times, it comes across so effortlessly, and it's like I understand what you're trying to do and come across, and it's it's a magical thing, nice. and it makes me feel like I'm 20 years younger, which I can't thank you enough for, <laughs> as Excellent. I just as I just turned like 39 the other day.
1: <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Well, yeah. <laughs> Another member of the 30s club. I'm I'm 33, but yeah. um, Oh dear God! I got a PlayStation pretty early when I was a kid. I was quite lucky.
0: (laughs) So you're releasing in two weeks. Yeah. What's What's that like for you? What's 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 going through your mind at this point? This thing is like ready to go and be unleashed upon the world at the best time of the year.
1: Yeah, it's it's really exciting. Um, It was a bit hit and miss whether or not we would because we've been waiting for the console ports to get finished of the game, um, because we were going to do a simultaneous release on all of the consoles and PC. Um, And yeah, there were some, like, a few technical hiccups with the console porting, um, and because of COVID, there were some issues with, like, translations and stuff got delayed Mm. a bit, and it got to the point where we had the translations implemented, the PC version had been fully tested, um, but the console porting wasn't finished, and we just decided that... It's October. People, they want some spooks. They've been waiting for this game for a long time, especially the people who played the demo on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're finally putting the game out on PC. Two weeks time. I'm really excited. Um, I hope people enjoy it. Um, it's the last game release I did. Was super stressful because <laughs> they just are. Like it's something you spent the last two years or whatever working on, and finally you're releasing it. So it's Really important, Um, especially with Steam. It's super important to get day one right because if you can get like X amount of people to buy the game and review it on day one, um, then you're going to get fed into their algorithm and then you're going to start cropping up on the front page of Steam and stuff. So um, there's a lot of pressure on it. But yeah, I'm really excited, really happy to get it out. Um, I'm happy with the game, which is quite a surprise. I'm normally a bit of a perfectionist, but um, Mm. I feel like I achieved what I set out to achieve that game Um, so you're just excited really mostly I
0: I think indie game devs are like a bit of masochists because they go through all the stress and then they just do it all over again time and time again
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I've like very slowly starting the next project at the moment and it's so intimidating because you know you've got to commit to that for the next at least two years realistically Mm. Um, but hey it's fun and yeah, as long are as people you, buy it, pays the bills. You, so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> are you staying in the same genre, same sort of graphical style for your next project? Or maybe um, try something else?
1: So like I I I've tried loads of different things to be honest. I've done a bunch of different art tests because um, I've had a bit of downtime whilst waiting for like porting and translations and stuff. Um and I just keep coming back to the fact that I love ps2 era survival horror games and ps1 era but i think ps2 era hit hit the nail on the head um so i'm hoping to do something that is very traditionally a, a survival Ooh. horror game yes. so i've got some like basic yes. combat working and stuff oh, um I love it, it w- yeah it won't be like super action orientated but i want that mm. sort of survival element of like very, very limited ammo, mostly melee weapons, like mm-hmm. really obscure puzzles that have like mm-hmm. notes jotted around that hint to the solution. Um and third mm-hmm. person, of course. So fingers crossed, if all goes well, that's what I'll do if I can get like get my head in the game and stick to it. But if
0: you need some extra funding, you let me know. I will throw my life savings at a PS2 type horror game.
1: Nice. Life savings it, could come in yeah, handy. Yeah, <laughs>
0: like invokes the memory of like Silent Hill 2, or Rule of Rose, or A Haunting Ground, or God, there's so many amazing ones on the PS2. It, it's it's. Uh, I mourn a little bit for the horror franchise, but thank you so much for keeping like the essence of it alive. Because yeah, when you talk about Twitch streamers who, like, and you know, not to knock them down, but like feigning fear for you know your audience's sake it gets a little yep. tiresome after a while um and these kind of games know what real horror is all about i sound so snobbish right now like these are the these are the great horror games <laughs> the ones that are like 20 years old this is real horror like i'm gatekeeping horror um but seriously thank you for like really keeping these kind of horror games alive and if your next one is going to be in that vein like are we talking full-on tank controls as well is that also the idea
1: (laughs) so i've um i've managed to kind of dodge that bullet a bit it's it's fixed cameras and like um adapt have you ever played silent hill 2 with the they call them i think they call it 2d controls in silent hill 2 right Mm -hmm. there's an alternate control scheme where it's relative to the camera
0: yeah it's like when Um, you point the actual character moves in that direction
1: yeah, which is similar to more modern, like triple A third person mm-hmm. things, right? But um, so yeah, I'm, I'm toying with that, except um, I've managed to get around the problem where the character just walks the wrong direction when the camera changes. Um, so yeah, it's sort of similar to tank controls, it feels the same, but hopefully will be a bit more accessible. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I love it, I love it. I should also send you a list of some obscure ps1 horror games i came across over the years things that were only in japan that i never knew existed until maybe like a year or two ago
1: awesome yeah yeah send them over some, um...
0: some really good shit (laughs)
1: <laughs> Recently, I heard that um, Mizerna Fools has got an um, yes. English fan translation. Yes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I did try and make my way through the Japanese version of that on my PlayStation Vita, but um, yeah, I only got so far. So I might oh have to give the English God. one a go.
0: You are a dedicated man. I love you for that. <laughs> I I, yeah. I I tried that too. I just I couldn't do it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I didn't get far through it to be honest. Yeah, it was. Um, I felt like I was really missing out on something. I wonder what that was. <laughs> it being all in Japanese. <laughs> it
0: reminds me when I played Final Fantasy 12 for the first time. I got the import version. Oh, yeah. But I had like the Game Facts translation as I nice. was playing alongside. Nice.
1: <laughs> Uh, I did that with uh, Metal Gear Acid on the PSP because the PSP came out in Japan about six months before the UK over here. Uh,
0: <laughs> what, a, what a what a fun little franchise the Acid series was. I I sort of miss it. Card based yeah. Metal Gear title, like what an idea.
1: Yeah, back when you could afford to do stuff like that without being right, right. a mobile game.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just saw a um. There's like a Wipeout mobile game that's coming out. That's not a racing game but a card game i'm like oh that's weird
1: (laughs) yeah sad
0: (laughs) all right nate let's um dive into some rapid fire questions to uh put you out of your misery because i could go on about ps1 ps2 horror for like the rest of the day if you haven't noticed
1: (laughs) yeah i feel like there's a lot of talking potential chats to happen there but yeah we'll save your audience
0: (laughs) (laughs) what are your thoughts on rule of rose and why wasn't that game ever get a sequel
1: yeah
0: Mm. controversial
1: game (laughs)
0: exactly exactly all right so um let's start things off with a fun question i've always asked myself late at night and that is if you were stuck in your own version of silent hill what would that look like to you
1: um, right, it probably wouldn't be sexy nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I have that same sexual frustration that James does, mm-hmm. but um, probably like loads of unfinished projects is that a thing? <laughs> like just like hard drives, absolutely rammed full of data that mm-hmm. are constantly coming up with warnings saying you're running out mm-hmm. of disk space. Um,
0: right. But you have to like translate that, so it's like it's a monster that's sort of missing a lot of parts, yeah, and it's like got like half a face, yeah, but it's also it's like,
1: like overflowing with some kind right. of parasites or something that just right, yeah, um, yeah, you'd probably think like if most of my like nightmares are like stress related dreams because I've got like stuff on or like things I wanted to finish <laughs> that I didn't finish, um. <laughs> I do have some deeper, darker personal mm. issues, but yeah, I'll save your audience from that. But
0: <laughs> what is something that you're afraid of that doesn't that wouldn't make sense to someone else? And I'll give you an example, uh, a personal one. And for me, that's um, crash test dummies. All right. So it goes back to there was a commercial about crash test dummies and then buckling up and way their head like turned towards the camera just haunting to me so (laughs) to a normal person it's like that sounds scary so what's something that kind of gets under your skin that for most of us is like what's wrong with you um (laughs) what's your irrational fear that's how we should put it
1: yeah um i mean one of them's kind of irrational but i'm really claustrophobic i really hate tight mm. spaces and it all mm. stems from when i was a kid we were it was like this organized school trip to like an adventure like park thing where you like you did like mountain climbing and stuff and we were really young and we did this thing where we went down into these caves and there was this one point where you had to like climb for a really small hole in a cave and it was partially submerged underwater and i really didn't want to do it And I was forced by these teachers, genuinely pushed through this hole and dragged through (laughs) the other side, because that was where all the other kids were going. That was where we were going on this, like, walk through the caves or whatever. And it proper scarred me for life. Like, I'm really claustrophobic now. So, um, yeah, there's that. (laughs) Probably a myriad of other things as well. But that's, like, probably (laughs) the most entertaining story. Um.
0: Silent Hill, not included. That's, a, I think, it's the obvious answer for you. Um, if you were given the chance to work on an established horror IP that's been sort of long dormant, which one would you pick?
1: Um, long dormant, uh, possibly. I guess like the Fatal Frame, sort mm. of Project Zero, depending on where yes. you're from, that franchise. Um, could really do. Although I, I don't know if I could do it justice because I'm not Japanese. Um, right. And obviously, a lot of the folklore and stuff for those games is based around that. But I'd love to see that come back. Um,
0: I mean, you yeah. could always get some consultants on the team. I mean, yeah, just, I mean, you're just ahead. It's, it's your game, but you can bring in some folks to help you with.
1: Yeah. Uh, All right. We'll go with that. I'll say that one.
0: Yeah. That was. Halo Frame 2 is. Up there in one of yeah. my all-time favorite horror games. God, PS2 yep. error. Shit. <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> this is it.
0: <laughs> um, if you were in a horror movie, if we're casting you in a horror film, do you see yourself more as the final girl or the or the killer? What is your temperament and personality? fall between those two
1: categories. Um, I I mean yeah I'm I'm probably the the final girl I guess Um, yeah I've always figured that if the world is going to end I'd be the one who's stuck left at the end on my own so (laughs) I guess yeah I'm the final girl
0: okay so on that who do you think who's your favorite final girl like we're we're talking like think about like uh Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street or um, those kind of characters.
1: It's hard to say. Also, shamefully hard to remember names. There's just just too many. (laughs) Yeah, we'll say Nancy. I mean, Nancy's a good one.
0: I feel like Nancy and I would get along well. I mean, you know, here's a a fun story. Uh, I actually owe Nightmare on Elm Street and Nancy credit for landing my first big job at Google.
1: Already, and
0: I think there was a question in like the 5,000 interview process about a film that you had watched recently and a character that relates to you in some way. Hmm. And I was like, oh, and I ran Elm Street, Nancy, because she like did that whole improv trap situation at the end. And I feel like her and I would be on the same page when it came to trapping a killer yeah like super macgyver about it like putting shotgun powder in a <laughs> in light bulb
1: yeah I, yeah it's relatable for me too the whole adventure game scenario like mm-hmm. <laughs> combining your inventory items
0: <laughs> yeah sorry
1: big fan of adventure games as well
0: I know I know those games are a lot of fun Yeah, and that kind of bleeds into horror too like the whole like combining shit as long as it makes sense yeah for me
1: like i can't survival horror games are just point and click adventure games with combat as far as i'm concerned right i'm sure i'll upset a lot of people by saying that but it's essentially the same game
0: what is something you have done that should have gotten you
1: killed (laughs) what isn't something i've done um Making,
0: making games. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Far too many things. When I was a bit younger, not that mm-hmm. much younger, but like my late teens, 20s, um, were pretty wild. Uh, there was a lot of parties, a lot of um, substances, <laughs> like drinking and other things, and like getting caught up in fights with the wrong kind of people because... Mm-hmm. I lived in a small town, and there were a lot of, um, we called them chavs, but, you know, like, um, jocks, kind of, like, Mm. preppy assholes, basically. A lot of people like that. And there used to be quite a lot of fights between them and, like, the goth rocker kids, which was us. Mm. Um, Yeah, I've been in probably three car crashes. Obviously, not super-duper serious ones, but... um, like living in the country with small roads where it rains a lot and like maybe driving a bit too quick when we were younger um yeah there's i've survived quite a lot um i was (laughs) in my sort of mid to late teens um a bunch of pretty horrible stuff happened in my family but anyway i ended up with like a house living on my own in a house um so, like, obviously all my mates came to my house and we had a lot of parties and stuff. So it was pretty wild. It was a really great time. But, um, yeah, probably shouldn't have survived that part of my life, but I did. Still there, so.
0: I think that's why you're making horror games now. Take a certain level of trauma and alcohol and drug abuse to yeah. tell a proper horror story. It's a, it's a very Stephen King thing, too. Like, like I, I, I'm pretty sure, like, half of his stuff is, like, co-authored by cocaine
1: think about yeah. it yeah i wouldn't be surprised
0: <laughs> well speaking of what word best describes you when you've had a little too much to drink or too many drugs um, in your system apparently
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe not so much drugs anymore but um no i'm just i'm if i've had too much to drink i'm generally just a jolly outgoing person but mm-hmm. I, I um i like to chat and meet new people when i'm drunk so yeah mm-hmm. normally just try and make friends with everyone <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: someone close to you let's say it's a, a partner or a close friend or a family member gets a phone call in the middle of the night saying you've been arrested what crime have you committed
1: nathan saying i've been arrested or they've been arrested yeah you've
0: been arrested
1: okay like, hello um,
0: hello, nate special someone or mom or dad or sibling or boss
1: it'll probably be something really stupid like mm-hmm. repeated failures to pay a bill that <laughs> they have like sent me about 10 reminders for and i've just like pushed it under a stack of other letters and I eventually remember. they're like we're sending some people around mate. you're gonna get you're gonna get <laughs> nicked we're taking you down <laughs> <laughs> the roses are coming and we're taking you down the station. we would doing something really know. stupid like that. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna arrest you for not paying your light bill.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if you leave it long enough, maybe.
0: Mm-hmm. What is <laughs> what is uh he's stealing all the electricity. Um what is uh a body part that you wouldn't mind
1: losing? I wouldn't mind losing. Um mm-hmm. My little toe? Does that count, or is that the little cheating? little toe? The little yeah, it's <laughs> like the tiny little one, like the smallest thing possible. Um, yeah, I, well, I often think I would be super sad if I lost like hands or mm-hmm. I hands, eyes, and ears—like stuff I use to draw, play guitar, listen to music, and like watch stuff. So pretty, pretty normal. Um, response there, they're the things I wouldn't want to lose so I guess like yeah my toe or my foot maybe Mm -hmm. if I had to choose one
0: let's say yeah, I think toe is too simple so we'll go with the whole foot Yeah, okay. just to raise the stakes a little bit
1: see you later foot (laughs) sorry I can get um, an artificial foot
0: (laughs) you're going to have a foot to make games
1: yeah Yeah. Yeah. I'd spend all day sat down anyway so Yeah. yeah
0: Um, Would you rather have an exact clone of yourself or one million dollars tax-free in cash?
1: um, That's really tricky. A million dollars is a lot of money. But a clone? Hmm. I don't know. I'd say the money, and then I would hire Hmm. some other creative people because i'd want a clone so they could like work with me on games and stuff but Mm. ultimately i'm probably better off hiring other people because they would bring more to the table Mm. than just like an exact copy of myself
0: right say you had a clone though do you think which path do you think your life would go down like more of a romantic family comedy like a multiplicity or like a sci-fi horror like an imposter like a replicant What 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 would you veer towards?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I would try and be nice to the clone and treat them Mm -hmm. well, Mm -hmm. but then I don't know what they're thinking. Like,
0: would you trust your own clone? No. Would you think (laughs) he always out to replace you ultimately? (laughs)
1: Um. Yeah. He he probably have quite a big ego that is like. He doesn't necessarily show all the time, but ultimately he wants to be the one that gets the credit for everything, which is why he makes games solo. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Um, I
0: don't don't trust myself, so I don't think I'd be willing to have a clone of me walking around. It sounds like a disaster upon the world.
1: I mean, yeah, it can't end well, can it?
0: It's like one, there's two of me walking around, so that's already horrible. And then...
1: Yeah, you'd have to do twice the amount of washing as well. Jesus, I didn't think about that.
0: Oh, God.
1: You'd be constantly running out of pants. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. no, we'll go with the money. The money's good.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) If there was one horror game, or any game for that matter, um, that you could wipe from your memory and experience again for the first time, what game would that be?
1: Um it would be it would be Silent Hill 2, but also mm-hmm. like I think like Metal Kiss Solid one mm-hmm. would be one I'd like to. Yeah. So I played that game so much and I absolutely love that game. Um it'd be cool to play that fresh again. Mm-hmm. Um and like also the Evil Within 2, which is oh, an yeah. underrated gem. I love it. It is, game. it really is. I I bounced off it the first time I played it. I just couldn't get on with the kind of stealth thing and the start. Um, And then I went back to it and realized how bloody good it is. It's brilliant. Really good. I'd like to play that again. I think
0: they just just announced, uh, who was it? Tango Gameworks. They're working on a new game. After Ghost Mario Tokyo comes out. So I'm like, ah, the odds of it being uh, Evil Within 3 are like stacked against it, but we shall see.
1: If yeah, I would love for it to be Evil Within free, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume it's a new IP.
0: So I do have to ask you, since you mentioned Silent Hill too, and it's come quickly Quick this Conversation, what was the first ending you got in that game?
1: Um, I think it was the in-water ending. It's oh it a long time ago now. <laughs> but um way yeah.
0: for a long time. In that game?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I was just quite constantly checking the note. Um
0: hmm
1: Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know, actually. It was quite a long time ago, so it could have been any of them. But...
0: What do you think is that game's true ending? I know they they all can kind of fit, in a sense, into the lore of that universe. But how, how do you think James's story ended in Silent Hill 2?
1: Um... I think, like, I mean, yeah, he definitely had the body in the back of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's a given. So, yeah, I guess the <laughs> in-water <laughs> engine ending
0: <laughs> shit was, shit was always. Yeah, I feel like it's it's an odd thing because at the end of the day, James did spoilers for like a twenty-year-old game. Um, <laughs> James did kill his wife, so it's seeing him kind of move on from that and be free of that little. A little unfair, but then he's gone through so much to get to that point that I've done this horrible thing. That's why I was in this town to begin with.
1: Yeah, but I think I after- mean, Go on. That, It was a horrible thing, but also it was like, how long had she been ill for? And like, mm-hmm. I think from my understanding, it was at the point where they'd moved her back home for her final days kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I think he's suffered enough by the end of that game.
0: Right well then again it was all like this is such a huge tangent i told you it could go on forever these kind of <laughs> conversations is like he what he 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 put her out of her misery for a very selfish reason it wasn't because she was sick it was like i'm tired of taking care of you in a sense and you need to go away it was a big yeah. part of what was going on in that situation yeah. anyway that's for another podcast and you could do a whole Silent hill series and discuss i'm sure
1: there are loads of site podcasts out there as well (laughs) why
0: why sound Hill 4 is one of the best horror games ever made moving on (laughs) um here's a question we always ask our guests because it's a horrifying food combination to me anyway pineapple on pizza yes or no
1: um i don't mind it Mm. if there's like some good other toppings on the pizza to complement Flavor, mm-hmm. so it's not all pineapple. Mm-hmm. I quite like sweet on savory food, so yeah, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take it if it's available.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. What is? I'm going to ask you two more questions here. Um, what is the last horror game you played that had a huge impact on you? Could be like one from years ago, something in more recent memory. What was, was like? Oh, that kind of nailed. That that game nailed it.
1: That's really tricky. Um there was <laughs> apparently it didn't have enough of an impact or something I played recently. Um I really liked um I think Soma was great.
0: Soma yeah. is such a good game.
1: Soma was super cool. Um mm-hmm. yeah, the ending of that had like quite an impact for that was great.
0: I think that game broke a lot of people. Yeah. That's a game I won't spoil because it's it's new ish. It's still you know PS4 Xbox One era kind of game. So yeah,
1: it's not worth spoiling. Um but it's Hi- a good game. Highly
0: recommended, yeah.
1: Especially seeing as I like really don't like the amnesia games. I just yeah, can't yeah, I'm get the same along way. with them.
0: Yeah. And that's like sort of like the games that spawn this whole like you're in a house walking sim kind of horror genre.
1: Yeah. Which but, um so many yeah. better
0: games have spawned from that. But Amnesia never quite clicked with me as a horror game. I was like, eh, I'm not like getting it.
1: Yeah, I always found the setting quite, kind of dull. Like, I finished yeah. it when it, mm-hmm. like, near its release date. And then I've tried replaying it recently, and I just can't mm-hmm. bring myself to do it. But Soma it was amazing. Mm-hmm. A completely different game, in my regards.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think to sort of wrap things up, might be a hard question to you because even now i'm like thinking of an answer for it what is an obscure horror game that you think people haven't played enough of or given enough attention to that deserves a shot from people a recommendation
1: um i would probably just shout out to like the whole haunted ps1 community um Mm -hmm. because there are some absolute gems right in there Um, One's so that I, um, my friends, uh, Cloak and Dagger Games. They make some pretty cool games. They make like point and click adventure games, but some of them are horror. There's one called Football Game, which is just great. It's like a short, kind of moody game about American football, but it's creepy as and yeah, Ooh. that's worth checking out. See, I- Super like I- lo-fi, pixely.
0: I'm typing as you're speaking because I don't want to forget. Because I'm going to download this stuff as soon as we get off the call.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I really enjoyed Football Game by them. I think it's out on consoles as well. Well, it is, yeah.
0: Football Game. Into that. I don't like sports. This is what's going to turn me into sports. A a, a non-sports board game.
1: (laughs) I've got such a terrible memory, but there was one. I think it's called the Enigma Machine that I really enjoyed as Mm. well.
0: Oh, this game looks cool. It's like in a little school setting. It's like got uh, some pixel art going on. Oh, I'm into this. Yeah.
1: It's like if you're into like horror and David Lynch, that game is like mm. ticks all the boxes. It's like really short, really slow, moody game. But love it. It, on- and- it
0: only it only costs two dollars.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, those guys they make some good cheap games.
0: Oh, there's a bundle for 1615. I'm getting that. I support the indie games, folks. All right. Nate, thank you so much for joining us on this wild ride of horror this week, the first of many to come. Before we say our goodbyes, where can we find more about you, Headwear Games, Chasing Static? Give us the whole PR marketing spiel right now.
1: Yeah, you can find my website at headweargames.com. So you go there and it's got some information about Chasing Static and my previous game. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at headwear games and uh, Instagram and Facebook too, which I don't really post on. So yeah, just follow me on Twitter, and you'll get the up to date news on whatever I'm working on at the time, which is sometimes shots of the new project. So if you want to follow along, you might get to see what I'm working on next.
0: All right, and what what's the what's the cost again for Chasing Static? I'm just curious.
1: Um, we are going for $15 with a launch discount for the first week. We haven't decided on what the discount is yet, but it will be a decent discount to convince you to buy on the first week.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'm buying that shit day one. All right. Nice. That's That's what I like to hear. (laughs) That's going to do it for this week. Thank you, Nate. Thank you for coming on and sharing this amazing game with us. I cannot wait to play it. I mean, a game that's of this length I'll be playing it over and over again to get every little nook and cranny every secret every little thing every easter egg nice and I can't wait so for those out there please pick up this game when it comes out on the 14th and as always please be excellent to each other